0: coming to you from Strings and Things Studio in Ventura, California. Welcome to the Strings Unraveled Book Club. Hey! Kydoki.
1: So, what did we read this one?
0: We read a book called A Gentleman in Moscow. Moscow, Moscow. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Um, cause I'm a merc and, and <laughs> by a tolls. And that is his real name. I
2: know it's his real name. I looked it up, actually. but it was funny, <laughs> but it's a great name. Yeah, it's a great name. Like his mother had a poetic. Yes. His work
0: will be eternal because he's immortal.
2: <laughs> well, I was hearing more actually mortal, like a mortal. No?
0: Mm. immortal. just a mortal. Yeah. Anyway, um, before I get into the man. synopsis, how do we feel about it?
1: I loved it. I was sad at it. It's
0: bit. okay if you don't love it. I didn't it. like it at okay. all. At all? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> wow, I have a list of pros it. and cons, and I have one pro. <laughs> wow. That's good. But there's always got to be fine. one. So That's on that fine. one. <laughs> that makes it a really interesting <laughs> discussion. Rather than, we all loved it. It was great but yeah. the end. <laughs> now let's talk about how so. great it was.
2: Yeah. I mean, we can
0: still do that. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. I'm actually interested to hear your takes on it because, why we liked it yeah i mean i be like <laughs> i want to hear why you liked it but I, I looked at the reviews and there's like for every hundred five star reviews there's one like two or three star review All right. so the majority of people felt like you guys do so
0: but that's actually a pretty significant group of people that just didn't care for it i mean what two three is more of a meh but it's pretty strong if you only give it a one or two mm-hmm. so i mean it's it's a nice mixed group i guess so um i've okay so before we get into overall review let me just give you a quick synopsis let me find where that is a gentleman in moscow immerses us in another elegantly drawn era with the story of count alexander alexander rostov when in 1922 he is deemed an unrepentant aristocrat by a bolshevik tribunal the court is sentenced to uh, the count is sentenced to house arrest in the Metropole, a very grand hotel across the street from the Kremlin. Rostov, an indomini- indomitable man of erudition and wit, boy, there's all kinds of do- $5 words in here, <laughs> has never worked a day in his life, and now he must live in an attic room while most, some of the most tumultuous decades of Russian history are unfolding outside the hotel's doors. Unexpectedly, his reduced circumstances provide him a doorway into a much larger world of emotional discovery. Brimming with humor, a glittering cast of characters, and one beautifully rendered scene after another, the singular novel casts a spell as it relates the Count's Endeavor to a deeper understanding of what it means to be a man of purpose. And That is the synopsis. So there's a lot more to it, though. Um, It's almost like you go through the different decades with him, and he evolves, but um, parts... I think yeah, he I'm does not. actually. I mean, he doesn't sure. seem to be a guy who. I mean, he goes to the attic with a little bit of stuff, and he seems to be okay with it, which is I, surprising. Yeah, I'm not, for not a sure that he
2: actually evolves a lot, but he certainly has a full life in this limited circumstances. Right. He's, I think he's always what the indomitable. Yeah. <laughs>
0: No, I'm not entirely positive because I didn't look up dictionary.com. What is indomitable?
1: Well, I, like unable to be dominated. Yeah, like I, think, I, think I can't
0: beat him down. I mean, something it's, like that. He certainly has his trials,
2: mm-hmm. but
0: um, he is. I think there's a point where he is almost he almost gives in to his carefree attitude. Um, impossible to subdue or defeat. There you go. That's mostly true, but I think there's there's a point where that becomes less true and then something happens that changes well, we the don't
2: ship. Have to, I think we should just make
1: it a rule. We don't have to be cagey about that.
0: No. If you didn't read if the book, we're reading, gonna spoil if you're it.
1: listening to the podcast and <laughs> yeah. haven't read the book, pause it now. Listen to however many hours and then come back. <laughs> well. And I
0: bet the first complaint is it's too long. No, no I didn't no. Mine,
1: I didn't notice it that. was long. I mean
0: it was long.
1: Ju- but... I mean, well, it was live- long. My my one of my favorite reviews I saw was a beautifully written book about nothing. And that's kind of how I felt about <laughs> it is that it was long. I didn't hate listening to it, but the more I got into it, the more I was like, is anything ever going to like really happen? Well, it's a, it's a, a vignette in and sense And I understand. Except like, it's not small.
0: <laughs> no. I
1: understand
0: a, what a the author an,
1: is going for. I An, get an it.
0: infinite series of you, vignettes. The,
1: the pro I have about this book is that I did not know a lot about the history of Russia beforehand Absolutely. and I thoroughly enjoyed learning about it through the lens of this person's life and you get to learn all about you know just what is happening in Russia during this time yes. period that I, I liked and I, I really get what, like the, that. Yeah. what the author was doing in using that sort of style to tell that story but within the main character's story there's just not a lot of plot it's a good vehicle to tell stories about other people. Well, yeah, I, I won't keep going.
2: Um, well, I want to say though because like I am, this book speaks to a lot of people's experience of their limited circumstances in quarantine.
1: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
2: you can sympathize with the character if you're mm-hmm. feeling that way. And we learned that it takes about four years before you want to throw yourself off a building. Right. That, which is <laughs> what we were being given Okay, about. so
0: one, <laughs> I, one of the things he mentions. So we've got three years to go, guys. One of the things he mentions <laughs> is that the you would think that exile would be, you're kicked out of your homeland. But he said, no, actually the bigger punishment that the, um, that R- the Russian government feels is that you are not kicked out of your homeland, but you are in permanent time out away from everything that's happening mm-hmm. around you. That it's more of a torture to be able to see life move around you and not participate. I thought that was kind of an interesting take. My,
1: my main problem with this story Is the character of Alexander himself in that he's so indomitable where it's like, was this not hard for him? I mean, it was like four years in, he tried to Mm -hmm. jump off a building and then he decides not to. And then that's kind of the end of ever hearing about his struggle within living in the hotel for the most part.
0: He One had of the, minor annoyances, but other than well, he that, has an I mean,
1: ongoing villain who is trying to take him out, right? But
0: well, this... but other than that, he he doesn't mind being a waiter. He doesn't mind. He becomes a regular working person, and it doesn't seem to bother him.
1: Well, so this review I read on Goodreads by a person named Robin. I don't I don't know who this person is. That's just their name. <laughs> um, it says that there's an unbelievability in this book that made it more saccharine than realistic for me. I imagine hmm. there were a lot more claustrophobia and pining for the outside world. Hold on, sorry, my phone's ringing. I imagine there would be a lot more claustrophobia and pining for the outside world than what the count experiences. His personality barely dips into his imprisonment, which is like you I think it would have been more effective as a story had it been told from a per- first-person perspective because yeah. you really don't get any internal dialogue.
0: No, you don't. And you don't the
1: internal dialogue you do get is mostly just like wordy and fluffy and like witticisms and things like that, that it's not really like, I want to hear what he's feeling. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't get enough of that for me to believe he's just like a vehicle, you know, like I was saying, I can to see to that see yeah. other people's stories, but him himself is the main character. I just didn't get a lot out of it.
0: I think that speaks to when in the beginning, they said you are a person without purpose. You're just, you know, even the time of the aristocracy was the gu- everyone supporting these purposeless people mm-hmm. And that time's over and, you know, how are you going to spend your, your 30 your remainder of your life mm-hmm. doing nothing, going nowhere, only being subject to what happens, what crumbs of interest fall upon you. He seems to make the best of it, but I, I see, I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You never hear other than a brief panic of, oh my God, I'm a parent now. I did not mean to do that mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, in a, in an adoptive way. Right. But even that is not very much i mean i kind of struggles
1: with it for a day and then we jump forward in time and everything's happy and it's all good you know he's like what the hell am i gonna do with this kid i
0: kind of wanted to hear more about the but that is probably his personality he doesn't he doesn't pay attention to the inconveniences that he puts mm -hmm. upon other people it's like i'm like two hours late and this person was doing me a favor yeah and then he did it again and again so i don't think he really got it Well, he, he did it a few times there's a few places where he's like oh i'm late here or i'm late there the con and they did talk about even though he has this clock he is not ruled by the concept of time mm-hmm. because he only has to pay attention to it twice a day
2: mm-hmm. um the, well that's how he was brought up so it, it it speaks to him never really losing that and he he never loses being you know people call him his eminence right his entire stay there and even
1: though it's against the law yeah they still (laughs) call him that He's, Uh, he's just too unrealistically charming as a person you're like everybody likes this guy because Except he doesn't says all the right things. The bishop does not like him. And why is he called the bishop? Because he oh, the, it, it's, a, it's, it's a sarcastic name for him.
0: Yeah. No one else call he does. I don't think that character knows that that's what people are calling him. I guess so. He's like a loyal. I don't think
2: anybody else calls him. I think it's only Alexander. It's only it's Alexander. Ancient.
0: He doesn't he because he feels like he's a stuffy old bishop from the like right. the government church sponsored people. Um, no, it,
2: that's there was no religion in during that time. Russia. No, there's no religion.
0: This is pre, but he comes from a time of pre-communist. Yeah. So Russia. he's
2: just comparing him to a religious, fi- like a, a religious a stuffy religious figure. Yeah. So. Um, I, I did love the exposure to the history of Germany during this time. Cause it's something that is like a great fog to me is like,
0: Oh yeah in russia there
2: was a revolution they killed um the czar and his family uh-huh. and world war ii happened and now we have the cold war and that's yeah. like that's, yeah that's, that's, how, that's all that's i knew how, that was <laughs> what i knew i'm like i don't uh. um i really enjoyed because that's something like there's this charm there is a charm to the tales of russian nobility and mm-hmm. and they're enchanting and but they fairy tale exactly. like exactly they're very fairy Grimm's fairy tale, fairy tale, fairy tale.
0: Yep. and I liked it <laughs> <So> I, <laughs> in my brain I never really I you know growing up in post Cold War Cold War era Russia where you only know of lines and deprivation and you had I had no idea how very cosmopolitan they were before the. Before the revolution.
2: Oh, I've always been like fascinated Um, with stories of Catherine the Great. I didn't (laughs) realize
0: the Metropole was a real place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, that it's I knew the Kremlin was, and I and I kind of got the idea that it was across. Um, I just want to give a brief history, uh, a very quick history of the Metropole itself. It was opened in 1905. So keeping in mind, it was kind of new. It was kind of new when he got locked in, and he had been there for years before. They actually, which is interesting. He had been there four years before someone ratted him out and and finally said, "Hey, you're not supposed to be here." <laughs> I you don't know,
1: think it was a problem that he was there. That's just where he chose he, to live.
0: He no, he was a, he was not supposed to come back to. He had been in per, his mo- mother had put had helped him go into exile mm-hmm. after he had um he moved to been, Paris. Been, he moved he to Paris. Home. He wasn't supposed to come home because he was supposed to oh, he
2: was an ex but he was an exile from the monarchy ah. not from yeah it's
1: not rebels. that he couldn't come home yeah he could come home whenever he wanted he just kind of knew what was going to happen he, had, he did But what's so interesting
0: music. is so many people kept asking him why are you here mm-hmm. you know when everything's going going to, to shit for everybody else you came back why and he's like, he's I missed it. Loyal. I missed my country.
2: It, it wasn't just that. He wanted was to more save his grandmother. More save yeah. His grandma. And yeah. the cost of that was himself. Yeah.
0: So I guess it's uh, the Metropole Hotel is situated in Theater Square in the heart of Moscow. Like other grand hotels of the era, like the Waldorf Astoria in New York, Claridge's in London, the Ritz in Paris. It set the standard for its city in luxury and service. And it was the first hotel in Moscow to have hot water and telephones in the rooms, oh, international cuisine in the restaurant and an American bar off the lobby. Everyone's wants their, wants their alcohol like the Americans. <laughs> Thus within the days of its opening, it became the preferred stomping ground, not only for cosmopolitan travelers, but for the glamorous and well-to-do of the city. And it's funny that throughout, even through the communist era, a lot of people from other countries, that's where they went, was the metropole. You know, I didn't realize it. Um, this is just 12 years after it found itself serving. Um, if it fa- 12 years later, it found itself serving as a bastion in a pitched battle between the forces loyal to the Tsar, who, um, it says, defending the eastern flank of the Kremlin from the hotel suites, while the Bolsheviks returned fire from the streets below. In the ensuing battle, nearly every window in the hotel was shattered. In fact, when American journalist John Reed, who I have no idea who that is, arrived in the city, he was assured by the Metropole's unflappable front desk captain, we have some very comfortable rooms if a ge- gentleman does not mind a little fresh air. <laughs> <laughs> um it, it, that, um, i am getting this from the website from the author so if you want to he- read more about the metropole it goes on it but it's really pretty interesting you go to amortolls.com a gentleman in a Mosque, and then you can click click on lots of information about the book so anyway, i just thought that was pretty interesting and even when they went to the restaurant they had to seat them in certain place you know the different parties and different portion so that they never really saw each other but you gotta know they knew when they walked in that they were there do you remember that
2: well at that time i think they were just talking about making sure that i mean there was definitely an artfulness to making sure that there was peace within the restaurant but um
1: that was post the revolution yeah I
2: don't but think
0: he seemed it... to have a talent for that yeah from yeah. from the youth he had an organized mind in some respects. Yes, yeah,
2: so I like that part where his grandmother would task him with creating the seating charts for, right, for her, her, her grand parties. Yeah, and that he, you know, I, I love picturing this like 13-year-old little boy assessing all of the guests at a royal function um, and deciding where they should all sit together.
0: But Chelsea, he really had a, a. Maybe that's where some of his charm came. His ease is because he understood how to read people really well. I mean, most people that are that charming in my, in my experience are usually crooks, but so it's interesting that, um, in his, in the regard for him, he's not
2: charming. See, I don't know that I would, he was genteel Mm -hmm. and always tried to function in the bounds of like, well, I guess polite society. Right. Mm -hmm. So, which is, Like, I don't know
0: that I'd necessarily call him charming. He was always polite, which has a charm to it. Mm -hmm. Um, He seemed and maybe his indomitability (laughs) is is what made people view that as charm rather than someone because they know that if they heard someone talk to them a certain way or whatever, that Mm -hmm. they would they would lose it. And he didn't ever seem to lose it, except later in the end, which I totally was glad when he got the gun. But yeah, but <laughs> even then, it's like
2: so much control because I'm like, oh my god, he's gonna ruin it all! He's gonna kill the bishop! And then he just holds him hostage till it's convenient for him. Yep. <laughs> and then he locks him
0: up, like, saying, Sona like, will find you in a couple days." So
2: measured. <laughs> which is so awesome. Um, I have a show that you'll hate then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because you're describing like indomitable so and maybe you found that a little annoying that he yeah. like never never I kind
1: of feel like if you made him into a character in a movie he would be so boring. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay, you guys have to watch Ted Lasso. It's on Apple TV. Oh,
0: I've seen that. I don't get I, I Apple TV, it, but I've seen that it's a it's thing. It's
2: so hilarious. Just do a free trial of of Apple TV and binge it for the week or whatever have, like
1: Jason Sudeikis in it yes. Okay.
2: who I learned the weirdest thing about it's not weird it's just his family but now I'm obsessed with this idea and all I can see now when he's on the screen he is um I can't Norm from Cheers uh-huh. Um. This, George Went. he is George Went's nephew oh,
1: and if fun you fact.
2: there's pictures of them together now that I know this and they look exactly the same actually <laughs> Like, when you look at them together, it's like, oh, same brow, same chin. It's like, oh, I didn't see that before. If Norm were just, like, six inches taller, they'd be exactly the same. Anyway, so Ted Lasso is like that. He is completely inflappable. Nothing but one thing. One thing gets him down. And then he's fine the next day. (laughs) And I love him. So right now I must need stupid indomitable men. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean... Alexander is not stupid but no um, but th-
0: there is something to be said with all with all the stress going on to, that you you can count on there's some people that unrealistically maybe they're not facing reality and that makes them a comfort to be around because you need someone who's who's kind of unaware of stuff maybe
2: well it is it is announced to us at the beginning of his censure that this is how he's going to approach it
1: mm-hmm.
2: is you don't let your circumstances conquer you. Otherwise you become a slave to them or something like that. Like, I don't remember the exact quote.
0: Yeah. And so like, like,
2: it's, it's announced to us that that's how his approach is going to be. Um,
1: Can I read, I have another um, uh, review snippet that I found.
0: Okay, then I have actually a question that touches upon something you said, Okay, but, but you go first.
1: Um, this one says, what irked me about this book was the Count's <laughs> relentless joie de vivre in what oh, should it. have been testing circumstances. <laughs> I found the, inner, the lack of inner depth of problem with all of the characters. They all needed more emotional layers. Not to say that bad stuff doesn't happen. People do disappear to Siberia, and there are some sad anecdotes from minor characters, but for the most part... The tone is lightly melancholic, with a patina of faded glory and a sprinkle of gentlemanly resolve. I was desperate for people to plot schemes of escape or rage against the injustice, or even just fall into despair. Something other than wondering how to smuggle in all the ingredients for a bouillabaisse. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> that sounded so delicious. I know it did. It sounded great, but I was still a little like, oh, well, that was not an exciting
2: thing that happened. But I have to say, like, even though Alexander is not an everyman, but he is an example of, I think, how most people get through strife. Mm-hmm. Like, you just face it every day. Like,
1: most people don't do extraordinary right. things. Right. I mean, we've been in quarantine for a year, and didn't you mm-hmm. feel like crying at some point? <laughs> He's been in quarantine for yeah. 30 years. Yeah. Um.
0: I think that's why he went to the roof.
1: Yeah, and then nothing, and then he doesn't, and then that's it. You're like, okay, I guess he's fine now. (laughs) Yep. I mean, I understand. Like, he has things to live for now. He has an adopted daughter. He has this girlfriend that shows up, and he's got friends in the triumvirate. And he has a friend with benefits happening that he didn't have initially. But. Oh, I love Sophie. Like. But, so when Anna and I
2: were talking. Yeah. That was okay. What? And he was so mad.
1: Man, I could relate because James hates any sort of mixing of friend groups. Ooh. Where it's like, I have my <laughs> friends from here and your friends from here, and he likes to keep things separate. So when things mingle, he just gets really nervous. So that's what kind
2: of you what know I was what? thinking of in There's those some circumstances. Wisdom. There is some wisdom to that.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, so he was kind of flappable then. Yeah. Because sure. he did. And it, because what was what was the. You like your boxes. You like your buttons in your boxes. He locks your yep, buttons yeah. in their boxes. Yeah. So, yeah, I like that part, but yeah. maybe that's how he holds it together is because he keeps everything compartmentalized. And also
2: might be a reason that I don't have a problem with him because mm-hmm. I am
0: an extreme compartmentalizer. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, okay. This is what we're doing now. <laughs> <laughs> I do think, at some point, my mind's going. Bring, uh, Nina. I think. Nina coming into his life made a difference. Was that before four years or after four years? Oh, before. before. Like that was
2: very early, like the first weeks or two. Or but something.
0: after, but because it was. Your mustaches. Yeah. Yes, that's true. <laughs> and you get to hear the story later on about the mustaches and mm-hmm. I, and no, why no, that we, was Im- it, it happens. No, but yeah, it, it happens. He retells it. To, he retells it oh, yes, you so you get like, some background yeah. about it. Um, well,
1: we live it with him. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting actually yeah. to retell it to Sophie. <laughs>
2: yeah but you're right. like we've been here it was nice it, to have the way him recollected the way
1: he framed it though was like if i not that he didn't say it like this but like if his mas- mustaches didn't get cut off that kind of saved his life because yes. then nina came up to him and that was why she wanted yes. to talk to him and yes. then he made a friend and yeah.
0: you know didn't it was feel a little uncomfortable that a man his age is going around the hotel how was with he a strange supposed to be at the beginning I I hard to tell. know. Was he in his thirties? No, his I don't think 20s. He was Pretty young. Late twenties. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he wasn't that. He was different. an adult, but yet
2: I don't think it's weird. No, okay. no, I mean you don't have to look at every man being friends with a child in a modern in a weird way. Well, it's not modern, Karen. There's probably more abuse in older That's true. In, in in behind us than.
1: Anyways, he's <laughs> not too proper for that.
0: Yeah. Well. Touching, there's a question here touching on what you had said earlier, Katie, about the majority of A Gentleman in Moscow is told in the third person from the Count's point of view. There is, however, an overarching narrator with a perspective different from the Count's. Initially, this narrator appears in footnotes and then the addendums. Mm-hmm. And then in the historical introductions of 1930, 1938, 1946, once again, I Because I was listening and not oh, yeah, reading, didn't I that way. I just kind of, that part of the division of the years, I, I'm like, oh, okay, and I moved past it. I
1: tried to pay more attention this time when that happened, because I, I, I read some of it, but I listened to the majority of it. When a time, like a, a timestamp would come up, I tried my hardest to try and be like, okay, wait, 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 what year was it? Okay, it's been four years. Okay, got it. It's hard to do when you're yeah. listening, but this time I didn't feel quite as lost. I don't know why. Mm-mm. I mean, it, it, there's not a lot that changes within the years. He's still at the hotel, so you're e- <laughs> it's pretty easy to pick up where you left off. I you know? don't know. Like, oh, so a He progresses. Older now, and look,
0: he progresses in his job, and I'm wondering who pays for this? Is the hotel? Oh, I think this- he was responsible for taking care
2: of
1: his own. But yes. he doesn't
0: get a, He doesn't do anything that creates money. It's just coming off of the estate year after
1: year. I mean, he's rich for what a do reason.
0: You mean? Well, he's living he in a, a ch- hotel. Well, okay. So okay, he and he initially wins. he didn't have a job. And then he be, he was just someone who came and ate at the various restaurants. And, had, and talk about a routine. He had what, one place for lunch, one place for dinner, different. Um, and then he becomes a waiter, and then he becomes the head, you know,
1: mm-hmm. organizer. So, so
0: he gets some job progression.
2: Yeah, he had money. He, remember, they, things... The furniture he chose to keep, he makes them lug the big heavy desk upstairs mm-hmm. because its legs are full of gold coins.
0: I didn't catch that part. And they're
2: rare gold coins, so he has someone who fences them for him.
0: How did I completely miss that? that I don't know, okay, okay, that makes there sense. Was, like
1: several mentions it <laughs> I, <laughs> and, and it's at the end too, when he's like getting ready to yeah whatever he's
2: doing. That, and he sends some of that money with right.
1: Sophie. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Somehow I just didn't pay attention to like oh he's got gold coins great the desk is
2: full of gold which is why it was extra heavy
0: (laughs) I just thought (laughs) he he made
2: those poor future friends carry the right right, whatever four flights of stairs uh um
0: what what do you think the narrator's is the voice of the overarching narrator what's the role in the narrative I guess kind of gets in the way if if you didn't have this narrator we might have it would be a different feel sense of a book I
1: guess yeah I'm curious as to why it wasn't written in first perspective for the stories that were being told actively about the count and then when he's telling you this like the footnotes and the addendums it could have switched back and forth between like a first person and a third person and I'm curious as to why he chose not to because it just seems like you would have been it would have been much more in depth emotionally if it, it was written. It would have lost person. that
0: fairy tale, groom's tale, unbelievability. Yeah. I
1: mean maybe he just didn't want that. I I can see that, you know. It's his book. He can write it however he wants. Um I had a reflection on something
2: I said earlier. So you guys, um Maurice che- Chevalier, mm-hmm. that actor. Mm-mm. No. Famous French actor it's from time. it's before all of our times.
0: Is <laughs> he before my time?
2: 1930s. Yeah, he probably definitely. Died in the 60s, I think.
0: I grew up watching old black and white movies, so I feel yeah. like I'm in the you know soul. who he is. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, um, he's a very like de- he's the definition of debonair. He watch was born
0: watch in the movie 18-88. Gigi. Yeah. There you go. Wow. So watch watch the movie Gigi.
2: Probably contemporary to this character.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Je ne
2: sais quoi. That is that is Maurice Chevalier. He is the embodiment <laughs> of that idea, and my grandfather and my dad to an extent same kind of charmers. Mm. So again, I just think Alexander, I'm very at home with Alexander's character. <laughs> now, behind the scenes, Dad had more depth than that and more demons, but um, so maybe we're just missing the demons. I mean most demons. people do.
0: Right, we're missing the demons. I don't know about Grandpa. I feel like the count was a character that just floated along. But and it, and his direction was heavily was greatly influenced by his relationship with four women. Nina, Marina, Anna, and Sophia. So let's talk for a, for a moment about the nature of his relationship with each of the women and how they might differ from his relationship with the members of the Triumvirate, Audrey and Emile. Andre. On- um, I thought it was Andre. Oh, yeah, I said it wrong. Um, they, <laughs> clearly, they wrote it right.
2: <laughs> I have one comment before we get into yes, that. Absolutely. What if, back to the narrator... Because maybe, could you imagine that maybe this is free Alexander telling this story back? Okay. Like, what
0: if that? Oh, maybe he didn't. He might have told Just his, This is him recalling This story. Just an story.
2: imagining of, like, who is our narrator? Mm-hmm. Why does he know all these details? And
0: that would be why a lot of things are flowered,
2: and yeah. the language if is flowered and painted history, a little better. Like, Right. <laughs> it's just a thought. Just, yeah. Just a thought experiment. Okay. So the girls and his dudes.
0: So Nina... First and th-
2: the order we meet them, kind yeah.
0: of. Yeah, yeah. Nina, Marina. I I have. I love Marina. But we'll get to her. That, that's but. one of my
2: favorite moments in the book. Actually, is him and and Marina when yeah. he is When so. Go- yes,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I I love every time we get to a book and they like bring up and honor needlework. Mm-hmm. I'm just so
1: happy it happens. They in mentioned almost like every a book. bunch <laughs> of different kinds of hand stitches that he learned yes. and he learned to do this and so on a button and <laughs> and then he respected the art of it and told her like you know I I did appreciate. It. I mean how could we not appreciate that? that. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> so I love. Um, Like, Marina is the sister, you know? And she's also mother, too. Yeah, like, she represents... Like, kind of each of those women could represent, like, different sides of femininity. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's the mother, the nurturer, the sister. But she's
0: also the strong, independent businesswoman. You don't really hear about her 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 with her family. Her character, you know, I think about women and... although women in russia had more opportunities at that time period than women in america that
2: was a really interesting insight that that mm-hmm. book
0: showed me uh-huh. is like that
2: that the political changes in russia bringing women up to equality like mm-hmm. that i never was part really of the
0: res- understood that, that was part of the revolution is that all are citizens yeah regardless of gender it's
1: pretty ahead of its time
0: um and that all are, I mean, have a chance to be the equal they're they're you
1: know yeah no that was i never that was really interesting. Really saw like understood that or, or saw that illustrated. Because for the majority of history, uh, you know, all or citizens or whatever didn't always include women. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. equal rights for everybody except A, B, and C. But and maybe now, that's
0: the difference between like Western European versus Eastern European. I mean, I know yeah, Russia I know. is mostly east, but parts of it are west. But um, so
1: Nina was the little girl. Yeah. And mm-hmm. what was her father? What did he do? He
2: was like an expert on, he was some kind of farming expert, like, because I remember she says something about how he knows everything about tractors. Or, oh, yeah, right. Yeah.
0: But she, but clearly she's a handful and her parents are never around. So she's being raised, I, I forget who her guardian is because she new, has her, a,
2: yeah, she has the, um, a, a
0: she's pretty much given free reign right? she doesn't really go to school she until later i guess we when we meet her she's not yet she's school not age. in
2: school no she's nine years old oh. um but they chose not to put her in because they weren't sure where they were gonna settle like if or they were gonna, be gonna get be sent to for a long time. got and it then she
1: decided then they figure out that she's gonna be living there for a while and then she starts going to school yeah um, she she falls into into one of my least favorite literary tropes which is overly <laughs> precocious child that and was I, my childhood I totally identified with her I mean, I, I, I think people, it's though. realistic in yeah. a sense but her character is sort of just I don't know it was interesting because she's really cute and precocious as a child and pretty no nonsense in that she will tell you exactly what she thinks right mm-hmm. and then she grows up And she changes from being cute and precocious into just sort of like cold and single minded. And the way she like spoke to her child and seemed like she raised her child was just, I mean, that might just be a a product of the time and where they lived.
0: I think it's a product of her Mm. um, being such, so strongly passionate about. Yes. about the about the party. Mm-hmm.
2: I think she's and, our symbol of this new time. Like yeah. yeah. In her youth she's, she's in the- like you know, breaking barriers and and excited and full of energy mm-hmm. and then in her, you know, as she enters adulthood, she she's a true believer. Yeah, until she's not.
0: So what's interesting <laughs> about that though is that compare that to her connection with Anna. Anna was an actress who like um, has like has no
2: connection to Anna.
0: No, I thought she did. It, it, or, she was Anna was around, I was thinking about when Anna was first an actress of the silent film era. That I she, don't think
1: that those two characters ever, I don't think they ever No, I'm just sang. talking
0: about not necessarily personally, but they would have been aware of each other. She was a very famous silent film star, but then she had to reinvent herself and become the poster child mm-hmm. of of the party in propaganda films. So even if they didn't connect in the hotel, because she was
2: similar evolution,
0: they would have had a similar evolution. And I wonder if part of Nina's strong belief in the party might've been influenced by the propaganda films that she was, you don't think so? No,
2: because um, Nina is still like a young, I'm sorry. um, Anna is still an ingenue when we meet her. Mm-hmm. When so she didn't move into that because those were still like
0: right. Like, it was remember before
1: she, things changed for her. Yeah, and she was making films about like love and romance, and, and she plays and like she a was like a young, a princess yeah, she,
0: she always represented yeah, she in some ways the, the aristocracy.
1: Yeah, she, right. She plays this girl who who falls victim to the times that they're trying to leave be behind most of the time, and then they time. they make that change, and she becomes more of a. I mean, she's older than but she's more of the like refined older woman and she plays the mother and she plays the, you know, whatever it is, but she's a stage actor now.
0: But I think it's interesting that for young gals, like or, like some people like Marina, if you were already part of the working class, you had more opportunity. But if you were someone who people looked at as representing the aristocracy, like I think Anna, uh, you know, sort like she, she was, it was that classic, you know, fall, princess falls in love with common person. Common person falls in love with, w- you know, the prince falls. She either, she's one or the other, but she's never quite part of the people until she has to reinvent herself. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, i with this. Yeah, they have a similar
2: arc. Like, I would, I, w- I can see what you're saying there. They don't intersect, I don't think, but they have a similar arc of this time they're all living in and these changes they're all going through molding them like i see i see mm-hmm. that yeah
0: but i thought there was at some point where anna was talking to sophia about how she knew her mother or knew of her but later mm,
1: that i don't know okay i don't i don't think so i i think it was
2: only alexander who refer- references nina maybe marina
1: yeah, marina knew i think maybe. marina did yeah yeah, it's interesting it makes
0: sense because marina would have been one of them would have known um, being the person who was fixing the dresses or tailoring being being part of the working class of the mm-hmm. hotel she would have had connection all kinds of connections and knowledge but anyhow um, we talked about him about the count with marina and his uh His buddy, Anna. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They had an interesting relationship, I thought, he and Anna. They were not really a couple, but they kind of were. But kind of a...
1: I mean, they were... They weren't at the beginning. Yeah, they were one night stand at the beginning. And then they evolved into a, a more serious relationship because she does live at the hotel, in the later part of her life. Or at least she lives in the city, I think. I don't know. Um, she stays she has, there more later. She's around mm-hmm. more often than she used to be because she was out, you know, making movies or whatever. And now she's back and she, they, I think they just spend a lot more time together. But they do have, I think, a, like, a, I don't know if they ever defined it, but a pretty serious relationship at the end of the at mm-hmm. the novel.
0: Mm-hmm. And yet he is able to walk away from her. No! <laughs> no! Okay, can we talk about the ending of the book? Yeah,
1: we he meets her. He? The little
2: hamlet. The wayfish, uh, or whatever. How did I, the way that they describe her every time
1: mm-hmm. is the way they introduce the woman that he is meeting.
2: They are oh. together. Okay.
1: Here's, so here's one of my other problems with this book. <laughs> you spend 400 pages and I don't know how many hours telling me the story. Seventeen. 17 hours
0: telling me the story.
1: And then you get to the end and Alexander's making plans. You don't really know what they are you hear about his sort of ruse in the the planting of the clues to throw off the scent of his actual trail and where he's going but you're not going to tell me what actually happens at the end of the damn book and that's something that bothers me a lot is like i want you to tell me a story from start to finish i don't like when books are left up to my imagination like i want someone to tell me this happened the end and then i could be like great i feel a sense of completion Culture. and satisfaction but when they don't do that i'm like i, I want to know exactly what happened and you hear what happens with Sophia goes
2: america yeah and
1: that's great i like that and but i'm like well where's the count oh well i don't know if he stays in russia but he he reunites with Anna. i would assume no i pres- i presumed
0: he was on his i presumed he was on his way to paris he was going to get out he and he was going to go.
1: live in Russia because he loved it so much his oh, whole life that he was just going to get to the went, village he that, went, that went, he loved that grew all right. the different kinds of apples. I
0: just presume that he was doing that on his way out. I don't that's know. A possibility. That's my problem. That's a possibility. I, I want to know.
2: But do you think. I? You think Sophia lives in Paris or she lives in America? No, she lives in America. She lives yeah. in America. She doesn't go to the American embassy for nothing. Right? No, so but I figured he... So why would you be going he... to Paris? To go to the American embassy? To, I to, don't know. To
0: hook up with Anna. You don't
2: know the if... book? Who had the book? What book? His mission was to get the book out of Russia. He To get his friend's book. Oh, his book. friend's book. Yeah. Right. And I lost track of
0: who had the book.
1: I feel like Sophia had it
0: i think sophia had it sophia and sophia gave it to the american embassy
2: well so he he talks about taking the, the american ambassador of essays and yeah. the, the stolen razor and slicing all the pages out so he could hide something in it and i thought he was hiding the book but when his american friend opens the book of essays it's mm-hmm. full of
0: gold but i thought there was little scrolls of it hidden in the clothes there was scrolls of something hidden in clothing? the backpack hidden in the backpack that's it because she leaves all her clothing remember that's right except for the except for the necklace necklace. that That beautiful blue dress which i thought was interesting because didn't marina make a beautiful blue dress for somebody else earlier in the book remember them talking about a blue dress well anyway i don't know just one of the minor little things
2: doesn't ring a bell for me
0: um okay so we're gonna no, we're kind of back and forth on this because we we're we're not just done that's with fine. And analyzing
2: everyone, I mean, obviously no. Sophia is is like the best thing ever to happen to him,
0: and she. I love that she is so completely different. She is and not he,
2: precocious. She no. is a chill, quiet, contemplative child. She wants
0: to know. I never why. know what
2: to do with those children mm-hmm. because that is not me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she just. It, I loved her because I'm like she wants to know and tell me more and tell me more. Mm-hmm. I want knowledge. That's real. I'm I happy to game. just.
1: Yeah, I love Zoot. I think that's so cute. Oh yeah, Zoot. <laughs> I like yeah. the the running up the stairs and trying to get there before the other person. Mm-hmm. Oh, she, as oops. she
0: grew older, she kept. Oh going. yeah. Oh yeah. And, and she... that's
1: a great part of the book
2: too. Like he's so has so much parental the love for this child. The goose in the dumb
0: waiter was that not the greatest?
2: Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs>
2: what was it that they gave her? They gave her something at the end. Oh yeah, it was. Like, one of the things they were giving her at the end was like, oh, this recipe is made of a goose that you keep in the dumbwaiter yeah, so, for five okay. hours. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Sophia. Like, yeah. Like, something duck Sophia or something like that. Um, da, da, da. Oh, okay. So, one of the pleasures of writing fiction is discovering upon completion of a project that some thread of imagery has run through the work without your complete awareness, forming, in essence, an unintentional motive, motif. While I was very conscious of the recurring of tolling bells, keys, and concentric circles in the book, here are a few motifs, and this is written from the pe- ran- Penguin Random House person, um, that they only recognize after the fact. Packages wrapped in brown paper, such as the Maltese Falcon, Mishka's book of quotations, and the Russian nesting dolls discovered in the Italian's closet, and the Count's copy of Mon- uh, Montaigne in Paris. The likeliness of stars, such as the freckles on Anna's back, and the beacon at the top of the Shuk- Shukhov radio tower. Sailors often in peril, such as Robinson Crusoe, Odysseus, Admiral Makaro- Makarov, I, I just want to say that, I just want to say macaroon because I love those, <laughs> um, and Arian in the myth of the del- Delphinus. Okay. This is the next question, and I don't know how to answer because I'd already lost myself. <laughs> what role do any of these motifs play in the thematic composition of the book? And if you see me in an airport, can you explain them to me? Okay. Uh, okay. This is an interesting question. I, it's such a long I, one. I thought I it'd be it's more interesting. interesting but... that he
1: tells us these, these things that he was conscious of trying to plant, and I didn't recognize any of them right <laughs> like, I'm like okay that's okay, well but the reference
2: like, to literary characters like that was definitely sure apparent
1: but what does he say keys and concentric circles and something else where i'm like uh-huh okay uh-huh. um i mm-hmm. thought it
0: was interesting the the he he mentions um casablanca got over key. like how did nina yeah, how did get she the key? get it <laughs> because she's a child who notices little things it. I think she did. Someone mm-hmm. dropped it and she but was there to take it. But I think, think that people
1: are, are aware that Alexander has it. Do you, you think know?
0: so? I think so. He doesn't really have it until... He doesn't really use it. He has it, but he, he doesn't really use it. it until later.
1: I just... I Maybe I'm just maybe i mistaken, but I feel like people know knew that he had it. And they're... I don't know.
0: Okay, so there was a part of the book, believe it or not, that I didn't like. <laughs> I loved everything about the book, but it, but there was one part that kind of threw me off cuz i d- thought it was out of character that here's this pr- aristocratic honest charming person and yet he's basically a thief he's going mm-hmm. in and out of rooms i'm like he's hiding in their closets waiting for them to go to sleep and it, it if it was me i would not i would notice if some, if i heard some, someone would moving
1: you?
0: i'm a very very light sleeper
2: well that would have been the ruin of alexander <laughs> yeah i mean don't i we... love that whole description of like Thank God they're close to forty. Yeah, because if they were younger, they you were know younger. what?
1: If they were older, they'd be restless. Right. <laughs> they were just the perfect age to just be sleeping.
0: Yeah, I, maybe that's the problem. Is I'm I'm moving far enough away from forty that I'm getting <laughs> into that other one where I don't
2: sleep as well. Um, um, I I did, I I did
0: like that description. I that don't was have fun. a character
2: problem with him on that because, he's, like, he's finally moved into. It's still no. It's still in character to him because you do what the circumstances demand of you so mm-hmm. that they do not conquer you. So the circumstances demanded that he do this so that he, I mean, he would have risked anything for Sophia. He yeah. runs her to the hospital, right out of the Metropole, mm-hmm. without a thought. And like it never me... occurs to him that and he is endangering himself until his friend says
0: you have to leave now. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> oh,
1: you right. I should go out the back
0: door. <laughs> you don't think that it's... I thought, how can he not be aware that after he's meticulously not even... Practically not even looked at those front doors, you know, for over 30 years. And all of a sudden, he just runs through them. I mean, there's not this Blinded invisible thing that love. stops him. Yes,
1: That's how strong. I mean, it's not like an invisible fence for a dog. Like, he just... <laughs> he can leave. He's just going to die if he does.
0: But that's Unless the thing. he has friends to help him, which apparently he does. Right. All those, all those lessons on, I, I w- always wonder about that, um, you know, the, the official, the, the party official that he was helping, how that, if that person had a role later on in the party, because he knew about American, there was,
1: there's another thing that I feel like there was, there was, there wasn't a lot of plant and payoff. There was a lot of plant. Yes. And there was not a lot of payoff. Because <laughs> I'm like, what was the point of that? I think that he, he does that
2: purposefully.
1: Yeah, like in a. You think it's red hair? Here's my thing. I just don't think this book was for me. I don't think it was a bad book. I just don't like it, <laughs> and I think that's just my problem. That's, that's okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, it just
2: isn't for me. But I think it was like in the style of, um, Russian novels. Yeah, which is why i'm like i'm finally gonna read war and peace because... oh you know what
0: that is why that totally makes sense because that is why i never could get through Anna renina
2: but, the <laughs> but is i have read good the
0: thing is some of, the, many of the, the books that he lists i actually have read
2: and actually that's a theme that ties to him like you know like how much he loves sophia is like because they talk about Russian nationalism, is mm-hmm. that you would destroy yourself rather than let the thing you love be ruined. Mm-hmm. Like, he had no thought of himself and he, to save his greatest love.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Do we have any other
0: we're um, almost good questions. Or almost, or almost, <laughs> good questions. Well, <laughs> good I mean, questions. Like, sometimes
1: with those uh, lists of questions, yeah, like, skip, yeah, skip, skip. that one wasn't great.
0: Skip, skip.
1: <laughs> Except That's it does make it apparent. Yeah.
2: <laughs> does uh, make it apparent that that um, thematic setting was okay, so lost so on me.
0: Yeah, I not uh, Here's a question, jump. but I didn't catch on, so maybe I'm not the one to answer it. Near the novel's conclusion, what is the significance of the toppled cocktail glass in Casablanca? Oh, I've never watched that movie. Oh,
1: so he's saying that, like, oh, that. Hum- is it yes. Humphrey Bogart? Yes. He's He's just so, like, paying attention to every single yes. little detail. Yes. And I think it's supposed to be reflective of Alexander, like, plotting his escape or whatever. That he's thought out every single little detail of his, of his, his plan.
0: Inflappable. Yeah.
1: so <laughs> Indomitable. It,
0: he, he Everything except for someone stealing his shoes.
1: Someone's stealing his shoes. Uh, they didn't get
2: stolen. They got taken away by the by the shoe, you know, the guy, oh, I guess, yeah, in yeah, nice yeah. hotels. You can put your shoes out to be polished. Right.
0: Yeah, except they never really talk about him getting his shoes back.
2: Yeah. Neither of them had shoes.
0: Huh?
2: True. Neither yeah. of them had shoes as they escaped. Sophia then. didn't have shoes
0: Oh, here. that's interesting. Yeah. And I like when
1: she showed up and the guy was <laughs> Man, like, there's yeah. a small child here. Like, there's a boy here. And then he opens the door and he's like, um, this is not a boy. duh. <laughs> uh, duh. So,
0: well, he didn't, his wife is the one who said, um no yeah. <laughs> she recognized you know not a lot of other questions there's just a few um oh i i liked the triumvirate but i kind of think sometimes i loved when when emil says blabbermouth <laughs> he said something to the effect of blabbermouth because after they've been meeting all this time just oh, the yeah. three of them <laughs> and he and he just opens Alexander
1: sp- ruined it and yeah. he Alexander- get punished by his friends at all yeah he did ruin it the bishop's like oh you have a meeting okay i'm coming to all the meetings and now the meetings of my office
0: (laughs) i'm like (laughs) they had this amazing friendship you would think that he would just be he would be just as protective of it because it it, was sophia it part yeah sophia was part of his life at this point but i don't know um just i guess we're almost done um name so was there a good thing no like i was saying i
1: i did enjoy that i got to learn about more about the history of russia throughout the the telling of the book which i think is probably the point that the author was making you know that's kind of i think why he told it the way that he did is because you're learning over this 30 40 year span of this man's life what it's like to be a russian person at these various points in time i don't know how accurate those descriptions were because i have not no, been but, a russian person in the early 20th century but i think <laughs> but, I, but
0: i think i would like to learn more about it yeah this no that's russian I think. history I, I from enjoy a that. russian perspective All not I a western russian
1: history was a what i learned in school and b from watching anastasia <laughs>
0: and that's about it me too never saw anastasia
2: oh my god it's my first like crush on a on a animated character he
0: is very
1: cute what's his name i don't
2: don't remember remember. Um, you're
1: talking about the bat right no i'm just kidding (laughs) you know me too well (laughs) so that is what i liked about the book um cool some of the characters were likable I liked, uh, what part was it? There was some part that I thought, oh, I really liked that. Now it just flew out of my brain. So keep talking and
0: maybe (laughs) I'll think about it.
1: Um, Yeah, I liked the historical lens very
0: much. Um, I think I would be interested in reading another book. I thought about reading Rules of Civility by the same author. uh Um, I, I did like the writing style. I don't know if it's as long, but it has a timeline. Let me just look look at the timeline real fast.
2: There is um, something I didn't like, which is I always find like stories that are told. Um... About different countries in Europe, where they default to a British accent. Really, yeah, really that annoying. was. Why yeah. did he
1: have a British accent? Because he did like, an American accent for the American person, but right. why didn't he have a Russian accent? I enjoyed yeah. the reader, like that. It, it he completely all,
0: complimented the. Yeah, but all the, content, the Russian, but, all the Russians had British accents. That was well, kind of annoying. Because
2: the reader has a British accent.
0: And Does he... he?
1: Because at the end he's like, "I hope you enjoyed this book." I'm blah blah blah, and I didn't oh. hear the accent when he said that. Huh? I could be wrong, but I feel like he kind of dropped it at the end. Like I it feel was... like
0: he Maybe did it other was just voices. More...
1: But it irritates yeah. me so much. Yeah, it's yeah. just the generic. It like, takes
2: accent. me out. Yes. Yeah, I thought that from
0: the beginning. I I'm agree like, Why that don't like... we
2: have Russian accents, but I just had to be like, okay, well, that's the way it is. The most disturbing one is a David Tennant movie where it's, which is a very good historical, like an interesting historical movie about. Um, the Germans moving into an Eastern European country. I'll have to look it up. And he's like a, a duke or a count, and he's like trying to to help people escape. Mm. And he has a Scottish accent. Okay. And he's letting it bloom in this role. I'm okay
0: with
1: that.
2: I know, but it's weird. <laughs> like, no, it isn't. Like it takes you out of the place. That's funny. That is one yes, of the that most is
1: that
0: rattling think, yeah, experiences. Yeah, it's, it's, after a while, I. It, I never stopped really noticing it. it
1: yeah, you know, like I'd down, I...
0: am like, okay, this is how it is. If he had used that
1: voice for everybody's character, that would have been fine. But then when the American shows up and, and has he's an doing, American he accent... He does two American and accents. And bad. I'm like, why is this... Why? Why? If you had just used a British accent across the board, I would have been like, the narrator's British and he doesn't care. and That's fine. That's fine. But then when he started doing voices, I'm like, why aren't you doing a Russian accent for his voice? Yeah, that that, that was
0: out of place.
1: And you know, on that same bent, like female
2: narrators will... Change their voices to speak for women. Mm-hmm. He didn't do that either. No. No. <laughs> no, no. I mean, they'll change their voices to speak as, when they're speaking in the
1: mask. And a scale, lot of narrators they're... will change their voice a little bit when they are being a, a, a female if they are not. But... You
2: who know, i Don't I don't like Jim Dale doing young
1: girls. He's a little weird. I hate
2: his voice for Hermione, and I hated yeah, his voice she's real annoying. for um Poppy in the previous. <laughs> like, oh, it's Hermione's
1: back. Yeah. <laughs>
0: anyway hey <laughs> um one books. i have
1: one other note <laughs> uh, one thing that i had a problem with is also it was nearly impossible for me to keep some characters straight which the act the author does say i love that you're gonna get confused with people's yes. names and that's my fault because yeah. i'm not russian i'm like who are we talking about now like it was it- i liked when he gave people nicknames then i know we yes. were yeah. talking yeah. about
0: i finally figured out who Emil was but the but i often got confused with the person who was like head waiter versus the person who was at the front desk
1: and the guy who was the the the, the piano bartender. teacher guy oh,
0: oh yeah. yeah he had
1: some very russian name i'm like who are we talking about like it could have been anybody in the book I'm well like, yeah not know who that is he
0: started talking more about the piano per- g- person guy at the same time that Mishka <laughs> became more in the story and it's like so i actually My had to look up is, the cast of characters when so you i grab could grab
2: the guy no, I like oh. that, though. I did like that. But, um, no, my favorite about the, the names is when he talks about the the prince or the other royalty oh, uh-huh. that he runs into, mm-hmm. which is when the author goes on that um, right. sideline of like, oh, Russian authors only know 30 first names, so yep. good luck. Um, his last name of that character, I can't remember the first name, was Petrov. Mm-hmm. And they, like, talk about him, how he has this kind of beguiling smile or unassuming smile or something. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's a doctor in town whose last name is Petrov, and she's kind of no nonsense.
1: Oh, here? Yeah, oh, in okay.
2: Ventura. And so I had to interact with her office while I was listening to that part of the oh, book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I be like, "So I heard about your Russian relative." Oh, that's funny. <laughs> but I didn't.
0: There's um, something I was gonna say. Um, I have to come back to it. There were some things that he kept completely straight and clear. But like you said, the names were not as detailed.
1: Oh, Victor Stepanovich was the conductor of the orchestra, which I'm like, that's the most Russian name I've ever heard. Yes, I love it. And so, and Konstantin oh, no. Konstantinovich. That's, wait, isn't that the guy who fenced the He's the guy who keeps his finances up to date and delivers yes. necessary items to him yes that's but Constantine. The... well I guess he's Greek but Constantine yes. Konstantinovich I'm like okay <laughs> there's two victors. maybe he's a
0: Greek Orthodox it's so what they a Joseph call a white and a Russian Joseph.
1: Um, and then
0: Helena it's interesting every now and then you got a little glimpse of his connection with his sister it it took me a moment when he was there's one passage where he's, he's oh, he's just about to leave and or something he's, or something where he's sitting under the eye of his sister and like, wait a minute, what? Oh, the picture of the his painting. sister. Mm-hmm. the <laughs> painting, that's right. All the stuff that he was able to lug up. Um, so it is helpful to have a synopsis. There is a at litcharts.com they have a, a plot they have a cast of characters and they describe the characters a lot better. Mm-hmm. um like the hussar officer a young man and a rival of the count whom he encounters at a birthday party for a princess due to a series of small incidents the princess having favored the count over the officer that was a fun little side oh, when he story the guy? yeah yeah there was that <laughs> yeah but then what he did to his sister was worse what the officer yeah, what a, did what an oh thing. yeah uh, i'm like yeah i mean
1: i didn't i'm not saying i didn't support his decision to kill the guy but
0: oh we no didn't i know exactly what it was there was something that i shot
1: I, him. <laughs> I, maybe he just intended to.
2: he intended to it, he says and i'm the reason he died but it was yep. like this long thing where he the ends up in a bad place right and but he did shoot him yes he did shoot him
0: i want to learn but some of the recipes i think i'd like i think they should have a cookbook make us booyah karen We i always think okay <laughs> when i think of that i always think of like gilligan's island where Thurston Hal Third, we shall have we abyss, my okay. boy. What is that? Oh, fish stew. <laughs> fancy fish stew. It was,
1: one of the themes of this book is you can tell it was written by a foodie. And I'm like, I just am not that fancy and I don't care. Ah! Hey. Oh, The part I like. I was, made a
0: guest streak this week. I'm very proud of myself.
1: Yeah. See, this was probably a great book for you because you're like, wow, look at all these things about food that I want to learn. I'm like, I don't care. Like i, like oh, I
0: the love part the with stuff the, about
1: the wine that was what i was saying i'm like that was a fascinating insight <laughs> yes. into the way that these people think it's like you get red you get white yep. and it's like that's all you get and not until I told it james that somebody. who is a foodie and he was like offended like oh my god that's <laughs> horrible he was like count like well how do you know what it is i'm like you don't that's the whole point yeah if you're in
0: well, yeah so you told him they took all the labels off
1: yeah. and they just judge by <laughs> you color get red, you get white maybe pink <laughs> I was so I'm more of a pink wine myself. Got to look at travel guides <laughs> <laughs> with the intention of going of somewhere. Of actually going somewhere. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Yo.
0: Well, well. Is there anything else? I think that was it. Other than like b- before, you read it, it does help to have a cast of characters, a synopsis of just who the characters are to help keep them straight. Um, there was someone else that I'm just, uh, re- and uh. Yeah, there's. I would I would have liked to know more about the handyman that basically who happened to save his life.
1: There's another thing. It's like what that guy. Okay, gone. What happened to the bees? I don't know. We're done with that. We're story. done with Let's that story. On. Moving on. Anyway, it's like
0: ten years have from now. Have you guys
1: ever had honey where you can like really taste a different? I have. I tased... have. I've done a yeah. honey tasting, but where like you tried all the different kinds. Yeah. I
0: couldn't taste one oh. to be like
1: avocado or a wildflower, <laughs> but you can tell the difference between them.
0: Yeah. I know okay, and avocado honey is not as great as it sounds. No, it's not no. it's not great. <laughs> no. I I thought the little bit of historical insight into the rise of Khrushchev was interesting. Yeah,
2: that was interesting. I thought, okay. That was worth a ticket to America.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. And because I only know like old Khrushchev. I don't I didn't know he was the mayor of Moscow. Yeah, I didn't either. So um and of course they talked about Stalin. So it just makes me oh, want to learn more.
1: Also the
2: foreboding of starting the nuclear plants oh right <laughs> yeah
0: like let,
1: let's see if these oh, that's your plants work <laughs> and then all the lights go out then they come back on and nothing explodes but you're like all yeah. right
0: and i always wonder at some point in the story when did um so this would be the beginning of when chernobyl started this was not chernobyl but
1: no. yeah I,
0: okay yeah. i did not know that they were the first Mm -hmm. people in the world to have a nuclear power plant if
2: you guys want some interesting alternative history again because apple tv was one of dante's christmas things that he spent his christmas money on Mm -hmm. um because he wanted to watch this new like fake documents or docuseries of um what would have happened if russia got to the moon first oh and everything's a they lot lot more interesting. They were almost there. They were almost there. Oh yeah, it was yeah. like neck and neck. Hmm. Um, I can't remember what it's called. It's like from here to Earth or something like that.
1: <laughs> Fascinating. Uh, well, so next book. Yes. Yep. So I am not drawing. I just picked a book because I <laughs> was looking at a list of new books that came out, and this one w- is new for January of this year, so Ooh. it's brand new. Um. It is an audiobook. It's only eight hours and thirty-eight minutes long. <laughs> well, what a because treat.
0: we always want to pair some our, our... <laughs>
1: yeah. It's called Outlawed by Anna North, and I have a small synopsis here. It says the day of her wedding. Okay, so it's a it's a genre that I haven't read a lot of, which is western. um the day of her wedding 17 year old ada's life looks good she loves her husband and she loves working as an apprentice for her mother a respected midwife but after a year of marriage and no pregnancy and a town where barren women are routinely hanged as witches wow her survival depends on leaving behind everything she knows she joins up with the notorious hole in the wall gang a band of (laughs) outlaws led by preacher turned robber known to all as the kid Charismatic, grandiose, and mercurial, the kid is determined to create a safe haven for outcast women. But, it makes this dream, but to make the dream a reality, the gang hatches a treacherous plan that may get them all killed, and Ada must decide whether she's we- willing to risk her life for the possibility of a new kind of future for them all. Featuring an irresistibly no-nonsense, courageous, and determined heroine, Outlaw dusts off the mist myth of the Old West and reignites the glimmering promise of the frontier, with an entirely new set of feminist stakes. Hmm. Anna North has created a pulse racing, page turning saga about the search for hope in the wake of death and the truth and for truth in a climate of small mindedness and fear. I so like it was it. sort of uh, categorized as like a feminist take on a Western on like the classic Western, which I All thought right. sounded I like fascinating. It. So Yeah, I'm in
0: it also has a really great cover. <laughs> it does.
1: I like it so. Outlawed by Anna Northen. It's a. It is available as an audiobook on Audible.
0: It's also a Kindle for only nine dollars and ten cents.
1: Yeah, I think it's on all like most of the platforms. So, um, yeah, that's my choice. So, all right, I cool. Like it. Yeah, me too. I haven't started yet, so I'm looking forward to it. anybody read anything good since we last? I haven't read
0: anything. I started a really good book called Black, White, and the Gray, and it's it's actually a true it's it's a true narrative. It's nonfiction, Um, but it's the story of this um, a black woman who's a chef and her business partner, and they how they start this they they start a restaurant in Savannah that from a building that was an old. really dilapidated Greyhound bus station. That's Mm -hmm. why it's called the Grey. It used to be. Um, And some of the conversations, some of it's about race, but a lot of it is too about like, wow, okay, just their personal experiences. And, you know, it's it's really interesting Mm -hmm. because it's sometimes you hear his voice. Sometimes you hear her voice. Sometimes each are telling the other person's story. Sometimes they're telling their own story. Um, And, just the prologue alone, where her voice is first, and it's I think it's re- read by the on the audiobook, it's read by the the actual pe- um, authors. So. Oh, I
2: like that. That's
0: cool. It's really really good. So I highly highly recommend it. It's um I picked it I picked it up and I'm like a third through already. It wow. is from two days ago.
1: Nice.
0: It's, cool. Uh, so outlawed.
2: I'm yep. I'm reading The Stand, which is a great compliment mm-hmm. to a book about having forced quarantine of uh, A Gentleman in Moscow read about the pandemic and all the um, social um, implications Mm -hmm. of a pandemic sweeping the nation.
1: It's great. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, we'll see you in a month for Outlawed. And we hope you guys have a great month and listen to our regular podcast. It comes out the beginning of the month. This one comes out middle of the month. So if you miss us in the meantime, um, February, I don't know what day, the beginning of February, a new episode of our regular podcast will be out. Um, if you have anything you want to say if you have any insights that we didn't touch on that you're interested in uh, sharing with us please do you can email us at stringsandthingsinfo at gmail.com or we're on Facebook or Instagram or wherever you can find us um, our website stringsandthingstudio.com you can send us a message there and I think that's it okay Good time. thanks for
0: listening Bye. bye, bye.